2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, and uh, this is a passage of Scripture to describe the days that we live in before the return of Christ. And 2 Timothy 3, 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Uh, look at verse number 7, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Look at it again ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Verse number 6 of Proverbs 14, A scorner seeketh wisdom and findeth it not. I'm going to preach tonight on this subject, Seeking the Right Wisdom. Seeking the Right Wisdom. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word. The message I have on my heart, I believe, is timely. I believe it is important, and Lord, I will fail if I attempt to preach it in the power and ability of the mind and flesh, and I hunger. I ask you publicly, as I have many times privately, that you would fill me with your spirit, that I may preach this truth in a way that could be understood and applied to our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The Bible speaks of a scorner and the fact that he is seeking wisdom. That sounds odd to me that a scorner would seek anything different than to satisfy his selfish passions until I learn what kind of wisdom he is seeking. This is interesting. He is not seeking the wisdom of God and righteousness he is seeking how to live in sin without having to pay the payment or price or the result of his sin. He's trying to sin smart, but there is no smart way to live in sin. That's what he's looking for. It is obvious in our world that the same sins continue since mankind fell in the Garden of Eden. Rather than man learning from his sin, the fool seeks to learn to sin better. He seeks a wisdom that he can sin without getting caught. A sin that will not have to pay the price for his sin. A scorner seeketh wisdom. Verse number 7 now. Go from the presence of a foolish man... When thou perceivest not in him the lips of knowledge. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his own way or his way. The wisdom of the prudent is to understand the way. Notice this last line now. But the folly of fools is deceit. Verse number 8 of 2 Timothy, the Bible uh, tells us that they're ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. The Bible says that the folly, the folly here, uh, folly is weakness of the intellect. The folly of fools is to deceive, to say I'm having fun, I'm enjoying my sin, not confessing the loneliness and the hurt and the pain of sin. So many times folks make statements that are different than what God says in the Bible I tend to believe what the Bible says regardless of man's words to convince contrary or differently. Greece 
gave the world a whole galaxy of philosophical giants. Aristotle, Homer. I don't know how to pronounce all of these names. I'll pronounce some of them or attempt to. Herodotus, Plato, Socrates, and many more. They were gods so-called. One writer said, in observance of the Greeks, the only thinking civilization in the world before our own is that of Greece. Another commented that Plato and Aristotle have dominated the thought patterns of Western European civilization. The Greeks have given us the staple of our vocabulary in every domain of thought and knowledge. Yet the Apostle Paul, a greater thinker than any Greek because he had the mind of Christ, wrote of these wise men and said, The world by wisdom knew not God. 1 Corinthians 1, 21. There is a difference of wisdom of the world's wisdom, which is not real wisdom, it's deception. See it again, verse number 8, the Bible tells us the wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. There is a difference in the wisdom of the world and the wisdom of God. The wisdom of the world seeks to sin smarter. He's like the one who is the definition of insane, continuing to do the same actions, but hoping for a different outcome. The wisdom of God leads a man in righteous behavior, not smarter, sinful behavior. The French agnostic Ernest Renan was infatuated with the brilliant, ancient, pagan world. Now I want you to hear me well because what I'm talking about right now has reintroduced itself in the very day that we live through movies, video games, and all of the Greek gods. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. French agnostic Ernest Renan was infatuated with the brilliant ancient pagan world. He said, quote, The ancient Greeks had no well-determined rule of faith, and their religion was a mere mass of contradictory fables. And that's exactly where we are in our modern media today, in our woke generation where one thing is terribly wrong if you say a particular word and you can take all of the words that were once censored, use those words and become a hero. Are you with me? Words that we have been told are wrong and they are vulgar. They're told today if you say those words, you can become famous on your TikTok or your uh, social media or on television. But what we have once taught was right is now wrong. They're taking down the statues of those that helped to keep and, and hold on to the freedom that you and I enjoy today as is told, as is defined in our United States Constitution. The Greek had a God for everything, a God for everything. If he wanted to get drunk, he called on the god Bacchus. 
If he desired immorality, he turned to the Greek god Aphrodite Pandemus. If he wanted to steal, he could look to the Greek god Hermas. Or if he wanted to search for purity, he could consider the worship of Artemis. The gods of Greece were shameful, lustful, vengeful, gross, and evil. Greek god Euripides said, don't miss this quote, no more can men justly be called wicked if we only imitate what the gods call good. The only problem with that thinking is the gods of Greece are dead. The God that rules the world, the creator of the world, is still on his throne. Now I'm going somewhere in the message that will apply to our life, and I want you to, I want you to stay with me. It has been said, philosophy has found out many truths and most truths, but not the truth. Cicero asked the question after many years of philosophical conversation, what is truth? A preacher of yesteryear commented after 800 years of the development of philosophy and 500 years of philosophical speculation, Greek civilization led to an altar on which was the inscription to the unknown God. When Paul preached who that unknown God was to the Athenians, they mocked Paul. They were scorning fools. They failed to understand that Jesus is the truth. As he said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto me but by the Father. These verses go on to say, but knowledge is easy. Go back to Proverbs 14, verse number 6. But knowledge is easy unto him that understandeth. For example, a little child can grasp this great truth. Here it is. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Anyone who will come to Jesus as a child can understand the teaching of Matthew 18 verses 1 through 5 talking about the simple faith of a child in Christ. Those who come to Jesus find they have tapped at the source of all wisdom and knowledge, Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 3, and the wisdom and knowledge of God teaches us a life of righteousness. Further, Paul wrote to Timothy about the last days and he said of the wisdom of the world they are ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now look at me, here's the message tonight. If we're not careful, we're going to seek wisdom, but we're going to seek the scorner's wisdom rather than the wisdom of God. The scorner's wisdom seeks to sin smarter, sin cleaner, sin respectfully. For example, they say publicly, don't drink and drive. Supposing to add safety 
to their sin. God doesn't say don't drink and drive. He says don't drink. But in an attempt to make their sin acceptable, even in a church, to make their sin more palatable, to make their sin cleaner, they say, don't drink and drive. Mothers against drunk driving are not against drinking. They're against driving while drinking. I've talked to several chapters and organizations of Mothers Against Drunk Driving asking them to help me in various issues through the years to stand against the expansion sale of alcohol. For example, I remember several years ago uh, packing out the uh, city hall downtown in Lexington when they were going to start selling alcohol on Sunday. And I asked the leader of Mothers Against Drunk Driving if they would stand with us to stop the, the legalization of selling alcohol on Sunday and they informed me we're not against drinking, we're against drinking while drunk. You see, the wisdom of the scorner says that didn't work out well. We've got to figure out how to do that wiser. We need wisdom in how to do this. Sadly, they've gotten so smart that there is a movement among churches in our nation that are teaching social drinking and teaching drinking in moderation. And if you use their philosophy, you can take any sin in the Bible and just so it's in moderation and under what they define control is, it's okay. That's not the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God said it's best that you not even look at the wine when it is uh, turning or uh, when it is fermenting. That's the time to stop looking at it, let alone drinking it. The Bible says uh, that the one that is deceived by wine is not wise. We've heard the phrase, safe sex. That's an attempt of wisdom to sin smarter, sin cleaner, sin more respectfully. The wisdom of God says, one man for one woman for one lifetime, period. The reason tonight we have so many broken homes so many broken hearts, so many lonely children and adults is we've tried to sin smarter with the wisdom that the scorner seeks. He's not looking to get rid of his sin. He's trying to keep, how, keep from being caught in his sin. He's not looking for how uh, to get rid of it and live righteously. And what I fear tonight is the church and many are seeking the scorner's wisdom of how do I say that. I don't want to curse like they did, but I want to say the words that everybody knows what I'm talking about. Excuse me, I didn't mean to preach against us. I'll go back to preaching against the heathen in the third world country. We enjoy that a whole lot better. If we're not careful, we'll seek the wisdom of the world justifying our sin. The scorner says, I've got to figure out how to do this without falling down. I've got to figure out how to do this. He seeks wisdom, but he can't find it. The penitentiary system of America is an interesting study. It was designed initially to teach men that crime does not pay. And it was designed to make men repentant of their wrong, thus calling it the penitentiary system. P 
penitent is repentance. But the opposite of that is taking place today. While we give excuses and reasons as to why they are committing such crime, they can't help it because maybe they were born that way or their dad was a thief or uh, their grandmother was a criminal and so forth and they've justified and excused. And the prison system today is a place where they seek the wisdom of the scorner seeking how to commit crime without getting caught next time, without having to pay for it. And Hollywood is the schoolmaster teaching them with movies about committing crime and vice and murder and immorality, acting in the movies as if they get away with these things when the truth is they do not. All they find is folly. They find what the Bible says right here. The folly of fools is deceit. They never find wisdom. There's not a smart way to sin. There's not a clean way to sin. There's not a better way to sin. It doesn't matter if you drink liquor out of a jug that's got three X's on it that was made from a copper moonshine steel uh, in the mountains or if you go down uh, to where they advertise on the basketball and the football games uh, where Kentucky goes to celebrate, it doesn't matter how clean they make it. It doesn't matter who they get to advertise it. Are you listening to me? God said it's wrong and the wisdom of man says I'm not going to go that way the educational system of America began in a one room school that was used also as a church interesting study if you study the history of the school system in New England as our nation formed and those 13 original colonies and how they built a church and then a school and they used it for the same thing And the textbook uh, Monday through Friday was the same book that the preacher preached from on Sunday. The wisdom of God, the wisdom of God uh, teaches righteousness. The wisdom of God teaches creation and male and female and home and honesty and hard work and integrity and decency and patriotism and character. But today they seek the wisdom of the scorner, the wisdom of the fool. And they say opinion is more important than truth. And majority rule is more important than proper representation of right. And feelings are more important than facts. And emotions are more important uh, than what I know to be right. And we're trying to teach a generation that how they can be smarter in their sin. I want to say tonight, I'm not interested in the scorner's wisdom. I'm not interested in the fool's deceit. I'm interested in the wisdom of God that says, live in righteousness, do right, live in a way that's pleasing to the Almighty God. They teach the wisdom of the Greeks to work to make sin good and to get a God for every sin that dismissed the wrong that God said it was in the Bible. So if they did what those gods said, you could not condemn anyone of being a sinner. That's where we are in our society today. There's hardly any sin. I mean, nothing's a sin. Few things are a crime today. It's almost laughable to think about the rules when I went to school. They had rules when I went to school. You didn't talk in class. That's what the rule, you couldn't chew gum in class. You you, you didn't talk unless you were talked to. You went everywhere in a line. It, it, It was something about learning the authority of a teacher that was important in those days. 
There was something about learning respect for other boys and girls and learning that you had a place in line and you took your turn and you didn't follow your feelings and you didn't follow your emotions. But that's where we are today. And how sad it is to see a generation of young people confused rather than having the wisdom of God that leads in righteousness and leads in clear definition of life rather than us learning from the learning wisdom from Sodom and Gomorrah in the Bible. Many seek to learn the wisdom of the scorner or the wisdom of the Greek or the wisdom of the fool and trying to figure out how we can teach the wickedness of Sodom as something that's good and right and natural. Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of sodomy. God rained fire and brimstone from heaven, destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of sodomy. Are you with me tonight? The wisdom of the Greek, the wisdom of the fool says, we got to figure out how to do this so society accepts it. i got news for you. You get the whole society to accept it. It doesn't matter. What matters is what God says because we don't stand before society when we die. We stand before God. We stand before God in the end. We don't need to learn the wisdom of the Greek in this corner. We need to learn the wisdom of God that teaches uh, that God created the world and made man and made woman. And that's all he made. And a man is to marry a woman and not another man. And a woman is not to marry another man. That's what the Bible says. I'm not being unkind to the individual. I'm not. I'm just saying sin is sin. And until we recognize the wisdom of the scorner is different than the wisdom of God, we're going to continue in this confusion and ignorance that we have in our nation today. We have working right now in America what is called artificial intelligence. Nothing more than man trying to be God. Men seeking the wisdom of the Greek and the scorner. When all of it together doesn't equal, when all of it together, I said you put it all together, doesn't equal the wisdom of a child that has faith in God for salvation and eternity. The modern liberal church is no different in its quest for this artificial behavior, this wisdom of the world. As they seek to do the things of God but do it in a carnal manner, so the unconverted can enjoy church and not be made to feel bad. Spurgeon faced it in his day. And he said, my job is not to entertain the goats. My job is to feed the sheep. They try to justify their behaviors with Christian names and terms. The term... Christian rock music is an oxymoron. It, 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 it's, it's opposites. It doesn't work. There's no such thing. There can't be. There either it's Christian or it's rock. It can't be both. They teach in college today what's called evolutionary law. Now that sounds impressive, but it's the wisdom of the Greek. It is based in folly. It's based in deceit. Evolution means changing. Law means fixed. So either you have evolution or you have law, but you can't have evolutionary law. But they want, us to under, they want us to think that the Constitution can be changed and the Constitution of the United States is for the judge to decide what it means today rather than what it meant in its original intent. I want to tell you something. This old book right here, God gave it in its original intent and it doesn't change. No amendments have been added. This is the book that determines right 
and wrong. Here's what I'm preaching tonight. I'm preaching, let's not get caught up in the wisdom of the world trying to justify our wrong. Let's just go ahead and do right. Let's just be modest. Let's just be moral. Let's just be clean in our living. 1 Peter 1, 15 and 16. Be holy as I am holy. Rather than seek justification of this behavior, well, he did it, he said it, she did it, she said it. Rather than trying to be better than someone worse, let's just go ahead and look at the standard of God. Be holy as I am holy. You would think we would learn God's wisdom from the Tower of Babel rather than the wisdom of the Greeks and the scorners. The Greeks and the scorners, uh, they said uh, there is power in unity and power in numbers. So what we need to do is come together and build a tower that reaches to the sky and we will rule the world. You see, everybody has in them the same desire. We all want to be God. But you weren't made to be God. You were made to serve God. And if you try to be God, you're not going to be happy. You might think you're happy, but you're going to run into somebody that too thinks they're God, and you're going to get in their way, or they're going to get in your way, and there's going to be a collision, and there's going to be a problem. The best thing for us to do is not believe there's power in unity or power in numbers, but there's power in God and power in truth. It doesn't matter how many people believe something is wrong or something is right. If God said it's wrong, it's wrong. If God said it's right, it is right. And yet many today, they side with the wisdom of the scorner and the Greek that there's power in numbers and unity so-called. I want to say tonight there's power in God. There's power in righteousness. There's power in faith. There's power in obedience. That's where the power is. Rather than building coalitions, we need to be building righteousness. Rather than promoting unity, we need to be promoting truth. For when you promote truth, it will bring all men that believe in truth to the place of unity. Not because they agree with one another, because, but because they believe in the truth of God. 1 John 1, 7 says, If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the way to have unity is not to preach unity. The way to have unity is to preach truth. The disciples coming from 12 different backgrounds, 12 different levels of uh, occupation and profession, uh, going from being a doctor uh, to being a fisherman to being a tax collector uh, to being all different kinds of men. You say, how in the world did Jesus keep all of those men united? He didn't worry about unity. He was concerned about them knowing truth. And as they followed truth, they found themselves united with one another. We learn from Revelation 17 and 18 that the Antichrist believes power in numbers and power in size. And he leads an end-time coalition of all religions to come together. Here's what they say. Drop the name of your church so that everybody's welcome. Now I understand that, but that's the philosophy and that's the wisdom of the Greeks. Because you are what your name says you are. If you ask, if you say, what denomination is Pastor Fugit to say independent Baptist has a definition? Independent means we're not a part of the Southern Baptist or American Baptist or Missionary Baptist coalition or groups. We're not. 
those groups get together, Southern Baptist, American Baptist, and they choose a hierarchy and they decide which Bible is right. I got news for them. God's already decided which Bible is right. I don't need to pay a coalition to tell me what kind of Bible is right. And so I don't join that organization. Now, now uh, uh, I believe uh, in uh, uh, the autonomy of the local church. And so when I say I'm independent, Baptist independent separates me from that coalition or that group. Baptist means I'm saved by grace through faith. And baptism is a first step of obedience for the child of God after salvation. But the Antichrist convinces the world, you're offending people. You can get everybody together. Hey, ain't trying to get everybody together. I'm trying to get everybody saved. You get the whole world together without the gospel, the whole world together goes to hell. If you get the whole world together and preach the gospel of Christ, those that receive Christ as Savior, they go to heaven. That's the work of the church. Revelation 17 and 18, there's a one world religion and there's a one world government. All the government's melting down and that's happening today with the distress of nations. Uh, we owe China our soul. Uh, we owe China money. We borrow money just to pay interest on our debt so we can continue to connive in all of the uh, corruption of the elections here and around the world. And you know it's true. It's no secret. You know it's true. And the nations are coming together. Oh, but Revelation chapter 17 and 18, after they come together, there's an announcement that's made in heaven and the announcement says Babylon is fallen and heaven begins to rejoice because Jesus, he takes his saints from the earth and then after the tribulation period, he comes back and establishes a 1,000 year millennial reign. Forget trying to get together and start trying to give folks truth. That's the purpose of the church. If we're not careful, we'll follow the wisdom of the Greeks and the wisdom of the scorners. Three statements and I'm finished. Number one, let's do right according to the word of God. The wisdom of the Greek says, if she can do it, I can do it. Preacher, if you let him do it, then I didn't let anybody do anything. What I preach is right. What I preach is the Bible. But the wisdom of the Greek says, justification of my sin because somebody else sinned. The wisdom of righteousness said, wait a minute, doesn't matter how everybody else lives. Tell me what the Bible says and that's what I want to do. Number two, do not give in to the wisdom of the world that's trying to figure out how to sin without consequences and bad effects. Don't give in. They've been trying it since Adam. No one succeeded. Doesn't matter what happens, the Bible says, and these three words are throughout the Bible, and he died. They're trying to figure out how they can live forever. Methuselah lived 969 years, and the Bible said the same thing of him. It said Joseph and Moses and David and the rest of them, one day us, and he died. All have sinned, and death has passed upon all men for that all have sinned. And I say in closing, let's seek the wisdom of God, which is righteousness. How do I do that? I'm going to read the Bible in the morning. I'm going to listen to the Bible some tomorrow around noon. I'm going to listen again to some Bible tomorrow evening because I need to hide the word of God in my heart that keeps me from sin. Read his word. Spend time with God. And let's just decide, Lord, I don't want wisdom to cover up. I don't want to be a smart sinner. I don't want to be a smart Christian. 
just want to live right. Stand with me, if you will. Heavenly Father, thank you for the word.